For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Half Street Fantasy Hour. I am your host, Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at Nats Moose. I am joined by my fantasy fellow fantasy expert, not my fantasy expert, because I'm a fantasy expert myself, but my fellow fantasy expert, CK. You can follow him on Twitter at CK Naeem58. CK, what's going on? Hey, not much. We're just getting through. College is getting a little bit rough. We're hitting final season soon, so just trying to get everything taken care of before the end of the year. Yeah, that I can. I remember those days, but it also does not matter because if you don't win your fantasy league, then I mean, it, it, nothing else matters. Like that, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yeah, finals can wait. Fantasy is what fantasy matters. always comes first. Exactly, exactly, and that's what we're here to do tonight. Obviously, this is our first episode in season, so you guys listening will kind of, um, you know, be able to get a taste of how our episodes are going to run. Um, but I will say this one will be a little bit different because it's going to be our overreaction episode and that's going to go both ways. If a player has gotten off to a hot start, we're going to overreact and say, you know, this guy's a must trade for must keep, you know, he's going to be the best player in fantasy. So on and so forth. And on the flip side, if a guy has gotten off to a slow start and he had previously high expectations, we're going to tell you to dump him, trade him or potentially, you know, go get him while his value is low. We'll talk about all of that tonight. We have a list of guys we feel like, you know, are kind of popular names right now to, you know, target or drop or add or whatever. So we're going to cover all that tonight. We're going to overreact, have some fun with it. But as I understand it, before we get to any of that, CK has a trade dilemma. And we're going to talk about it live on the show and kind of uh, talk it out, talk through potential strategies and mindsets. CK, what's the situation? So here's our situation. I was thinking this over and before let's here's the trade we have so this person wants me to send him a mike clevenger who's still on the injured list and who i picked up late and cabrian hayes my second third baseman uh, and i'd receive hinjun ryu uh, eugenio suarez and jeremy pena and just for context for this 
My starting second baseman is Marcus Simeon. My starting third baseman is Justin Turner. And my starting shortstop is uh, David Flusher. Okay. So is this a dynasty league or just re- it is redraft? Not. It's just a regular redraft. League. Okay. So you'd be getting a shortstop, a starting pick, a starting pitcher, and who's the – oh, Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, Eugenio so, Suarez, so he's a third baseman uh, with shortstop eligibility. Right, and big-time power, but maybe not the, the hits machine that he might have been yeah. previously. You'd be giving up Mike Clevenger, who has huge yes. upside, but a, a very low floor as well. And who else would you be giving up? Uh, Cabrian Hayes, who is my second third baseman. And that's that's the one right there. Um, because Key Brian Hayes, he, he – it's worth mentioning, uh, I believe it was a wrist injury uh, opening day yeah. that knocked him out. Seems fine. Uh, I don't think yeah, it's anything Yeah, apparently he had cysts about. in his wrist. He had cysts in his wrist all last season, and he's still coming off, like, getting back into the flow of things. But he seems to be doing pretty well so far. Yeah. So the first thing I see, right, is is the three-for-two trade. And this applies to all fantasy sports, and it you know, is still applicable here. If you're the team getting three, Typically, that means you're giving up the better player. And in this case, I would probably say that's Key Brian Hayes. I love Mike Clevenger's upside, but again, he's not playing right now. He hasn't played in two years. Yeah, that so was the deliberation Key Brian part Hayes is the, the prized possession of the five players in this. So that's something to consider. Even though he is your second, third baseman, you know, you do want to factor that in because Key Brian Hayes is your second, third baseman. He would probably be a lot of teams' first, third baseman if he was on their roster. Right. That being said, you know, it, it doesn't mean you should automatically reject it either because there is such thing as getting good depth and, you know, Ryu is a solid innings eater. He's with the blue Jays. So presumably he's going to get good wins, rack up those fantasy points. Uh, Jeremy Pena, uh, relative newcomer, obviously replacing Carlos Correa in Houston off to a good start, but we don't, there's no sample size on him. You don't really know what you're getting. And Eugenio Suarez, boomer bust. So he, he's fine as your backup third baseman, but you know, you can't really count on anything there. So I would say, like, you know, what how you how do you feel about your depth? Like, do you feel pretty good about it? Do you feel about, good about your roster, or do you need to make some moves? So I went with a patented Nick approach when, when I was doing this draft that I mostly uh, built up on starting pitchers. So I don't have a lot of depth here. And the guy I got is a bit of depth in the back, Luis Urias, because he has, he has a eligibility at every infield position except for first base is currently on the injured list. So I am a bit confident in the depth I have. The thing that got me was I'm not sure how I feel about giving up Cabrian Hayes, but Justin Turner's production makes me think that maybe having – Maybe having um bringing Suarez into the fold might be worth it if I can get an innings either like Ryu and uh, possibly see if I could take a flyer on Pena. But the thing that I got really hung up on was if I wanted to get rid of um is if I wanted to get rid of Hayes essentially to bring in an innings eater like Ryu. That's what I kind of got this trade with, especially because Clevenger is going to be someone that's you're also going to be taking a flyer on. So that's what I saw this trade as point blank, like yeah. basically. Yeah. So. All right. If I had to put my flag somewhere, if I have to put, have to put myself in your shoes, man, this is tough. I'm probably staying put. I love Mike Clevenger's upside. Um, it is a risk, but it's also week one of the season. It's not like it's late May and Mike Clevenger still hasn't come back yet. It's week one. 
So I, I'm not looking to move him. If it's a great deal and someone's really buying in on his upside, then yeah, like take the deal of the guys that are playing right now. But Ryu, he had that one really good season where he was Cy Young, you know, contender and all that stuff. And he's generally a pretty solid pitcher, but he's not a needle mover. He's not going to be the ace on your staff. Whereas Clevenger could be, he, he might not be, but he could be just like he, Brian Hayes could be a very big foundation to your lineup. And Eugenio Suarez is not that. And presumably Jeremy Pena is not going to be that. So the upside is definitely in your favor. And, you know, your, your floor would be a little bit higher if you made the trade, but the ceiling would be much lower than the guys you have now. So your potential isn't, as great as it is right now. If you have, you know, who's your starting third baseman? Uh, my starting third baseman right now is um, is Justin Turner. Okay. Well, maybe that's not the best example because Eugenio Suarez would be a, a downgrade. But like, who's your? If Marcus Semien goes down, right? If Marcus, yeah, Marcus Semien go, goes down, then maybe you want to make a move, trade your backup third baseman for a starting shortstop, right? But right now your team's healthy, so there's no need to make a move for depth right now let the season play out a little bit more. If, if you're making a trade week one, you want to be damn sure about the return you're getting. So typically my mindset is within the first two weeks, if you have to think about it, don't do it. Because, you know, everyone had these draft strategies and we talked about last week. If you like a guy, go get him. Like a guy, go get him. You're not allowing them any time to show you what they have if you're only four games into the season. So I would wait. I don't know what you're going to do, but that's just my two cents. Mm -hmm. See, the opposite, I feel like the other side of this trade is that since Cabrian Hayes right now is sitting as a corner infielder, it might be worth seeing the return just to get like guaranteed, like basically like a guaranteed return now versus banking on the upside of Clevenger. But the thing is with it just Cabrian Hayes is the reason I'm really hesitant to do this. I just feel like it's not worth it's not worth trading him. I wanted to like give us some consideration just because of like Ryu and Pena might make the upside better for Suarez, but I think I'm going to like stay put on this just because of Hayes's value. Exactly. I mean, Hayes disappointed last year, but that stretch in 2020, man, he was so good. And it, it, it would just be, it would be a gut punch if you let go of him too early. And then he turns out to be, you know, an otherworldly type guy in the lineup this year. So that's good. We should probably do that. Like, I like starting the episodes out with that. Just a yeah, potential hypothetical trade. Obviously, this one is, you know, infecting you. So, you know, you actually get some of your feedback or some feedback to your real life fantasy situation as well. So staying put on that trade, at least for right now, you can obviously revisit that as the season progresses and get more clarity in Mike Clevenger's injury and status. And obviously how Key Brian Hayes is rebounding in the 2022 season. All right, let's overreact a little. Talk about some guys that are the, the popular names through, again, it's only been four games, but that's why we're overreacting. Um, so I'll kick it off. And I'm going to, he's not going to be a name that everyone's heard of, but he is the name everyone's talking about right now within the fantasy community. And that is Stephen Kwan. If you haven't heard of him, he is the, uh, I believe he's left field, but he's an outfielder for the Cleveland Guardians, which explains why you haven't heard of him. But through four games, he's batting 800. Yeah, yeah, 800. And, you know, even coming into today, he was batting like 700. And then he went – I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, he, he only went one for three today, but he had two runs and three RBIs. 
which again is super super important for fantasy so right now through again it's only been four games I believe he is the outfielder two on the season right now he's averaging 5.7 uh, points a game in standard fantasy leagues he is only rostered in 11.9 percent of fantasy leagues and that's the key because I mentioned last week on our episode uh, I got Cedric Mullins early in the year, like right around this time last year. And Cedric Mullins turned out to be one of the best outfielders, especially in fantasy in baseball last year. Uh, I th- believe he had a 30-30 season. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what Stephen Kwan's going to do, but listen, ride the hot hand. Even if Stephen Kwan fizzles out in a couple of weeks, you still get three weeks of production and you can still win three fantasy matchups, which is going to help you, you know, come playoff time or, you know, seeding and tie-breaking all that stuff. So go get a guy while he's hot, ride the hot hand until he proves to you that he doesn't belong in the lineup anymore. So that's one I had to talk about. And, you know, if you're listening to this, stop the episode right now and go check your waiver wire, because this guy, if he continues it for another four, five games, that 11 or 12% right now is going to jump up to 50. And then it's going to be 75. And then next thing you know, he's not going to be on your waiver wire. The guy who, you know, listened to this episode before you, picked him up yesterday and now you're screwed. So go stop what you're doing and go check. Now, Stephen Kwan is the name to have right now. Yep. Definitely go check him out. And then on the other, on the flip side, we definitely have some pitchers who got blown up this past week in their first start. So things didn't go well. One of my matchups did not go on my favorite also. Uh, the true of the, well, I should say duo, duo Milwaukee starters that started the season, Corbin Burns and a Brandon Woodruff. Burns was like pedestrian. He got four points, gave up three earned runs. The thing that you really want to see. And then Brandon Woodruff got the absolute doors kicked off of him. He had minus 10 points. Honestly, and the Brewers pitching as a whole is like something to overreact on. It really is. Like, and I think the best thing, it might be obvious, but the best thing is you really shouldn't panic on it. It's like for every matchup that a guy like Aberquan can get you to win, losing one matchup is definitely not something that you should panic over. Right now, sometimes during the first week of the season, things don't necessarily go your way just because pitchers are trying to find their footing in a new season. And lineups like the Cubs were surprising because they were a bit hot to start the season. Something we'll get probably we'll get someone we'll get into after this. But it's going to happen sometimes where your starters are going to have bad days, and it's not something you can panic. You can panic about sometimes the best thing to do is see who else you can find who can make up for that production until your guy gets going again. And you, with a guy like Woodruff, who's pretty solid, guaranteed, there's a good chance it was just a bad start that it's definitely not something that you should panic about. Consider benching. Don't increase the possibility that you take trade offers off of someone just because they had a bad start. If it becomes a string of things, possibly, but one start is never something to worry about, especially for those of you that are just starting out in fantasy. Especially early in the year, uh, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, they all pitched in Chicago to start the year. It was cold. It was windy. The pitchers couldn't get a grip. There's a crackdown on sticky stuff. There's a culmination of reasons as to why the, you know, the first starts of the year for these guys were not all that effective. I mean, Corbin Burns won the Cy Young last last season and did not look like a Cy Young pitcher. He was fine, but he did not look like, you know, what you would expect when you spent one of your first two picks on Corbin Burns when you drafted him in your fantasy league. That being said, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, especially because he got rocked. He got negative 15 points in standard scoring leagues last year. And you can already see he's at 99.4% owned, but it's gone down. He's been dropped 0.4% across fantasy leagues. It's already too much. It's already too much. Exactly. Right. So, and then Freddie Peralta got, you know, lit up a little bit too. 
go try to trade for them. If you are in a position, uh, CK, I'm going to bring up your trade again, and I'm, right. I'm not sure that it would work. Try to trade a Mike Clevenger for a Brandon Woodruff. Try to, you know, dangle that upside of a Mike Clevenger in front of the Brandon Woodruff owner who's just so pissed off that he got negative 15 points in his first start and has already tanked his week one matchup. Go try to trade for him right now and use a guy like uh, Mike Clevenger. Like I wouldn't do DeGrom. Um, like a Mike I'd, Clevenger. Like, would, a like We were Flaherty. talking about Hayes. We were talking about Hayes. I'd see, I'd test the water on that. Yes, 100%. So, you know, we're kind of, it, it all depends on your situation. If you're the Woodruff owner. Which is know, me in this league. It's me right, in this league. Don't overreact, even though this is our overreaction segment. And but, I'm not overreacting. Right. We're bringing be. this up because people might be overreacting on Brandon, Wood, Brandon Woodruff. And that's the time for you, the rational fantasy owner, to go make a move. So try to dangle a, a tantalizing asset in front of the Brandon Woodruff owner and see if you can't make something happen because that would be such a steal for anyone i'll bring up a guy who i had last year that screwed me what it felt like for three months and then by the end of the year he ended up having like a really really solid season fantasy kyle hendricks kyle hendricks is is so annoying because he's not a strikeout pitcher granted we talked about corbin burns kyle hendricks was phenomenal opening day but kyle hendricks is typically not a strikeout pitcher so if he's not keeping his run totals down and not going deep into games he's not getting you points and, and last year, he was giving up a ton of runs, and he wasn't saving himself through strikeouts or anything like that. So it was just complete liability. I dropped him late April or whenever the season started, a couple of weeks in the season. July, he's scoring like 27 points in a start against me because he just completely turns it around. And, you know, Kyle Hendricks isn't on the same, you know, uh, level as a Brandon Woodruff or a Corbin Burns or anything like that. But there is uh, reason to not overreact. Like if these pitchers have huge sample sizes that tell you they're better than how they're performing in the first couple of weeks of the season, then trust it. You can bench them for a little bit, but you don't have to drop them. And, and that's where this overreaction segment comes in. All right. I'm going to do another one that I, I think everyone should be targeting right now. And this guy, he's been added. Uh, it's an increase of 13.9% but he's still only rostered in 37.8% of ESPN fantasy leagues. You're going to recognize the name, but he might not be as popular as he once was. That's Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, I think is a must add right now. That's crazy. For, I was literally about to bring him up too. Yeah. Like I mean to like say <laughs> for a couple of reasons, one uh, former Cy Young um, last year. And CK said this last week, Threw no hitter last year, which, you know, is fine. Obviously, it's nice for that one fantasy to start. He wasn't, he generally wasn't healthy last year, but he's now with the Tampa Bay Rays. We've seen what the Rays do with these guys. They did it with Charlie Morton. They've done it with um, Rich Hill. Yes, Rich Hill. Thank you. Like they've taken these outcasts, these pitchers that seem to be past their prime and give them such life for their second part or back nine of their career. And I think Corey Kluber, it seemed like a good landing spot in New York. It's a phenomenal landing spot in Tampa. His first start, it it was respectable. And that's one thing we need to be talking about. And it plays into our overreaction, um, you know, segment. 
these pitchers are not stretched out yet across the league. Garrett Cole went four. I mean, we're nationals fans. All of the nationals pitchers only went four to five innings across the league. These guys, you Darvish had a no hitter through six innings and got pulled at like 80 something pitches because these guys are not stretched out yet. So, you know, there might be owners that aren't aware of what the lockout in the short and spring training did to these pitchers. And, you know, might be overreacting that these pitchers didn't go seven, no runs, 10 Ks in their first outing. And that might be causing them to overreact. But Corey Kluber in his first start, four and two thirds, three hits, no runs, four walks, which is a little concerning. But again, short and spring training, he doesn't have his A plus stuff, five Ks, just a very respectable performance. And I think he will be a guy. He's not going to be your ace. He's not going to be what Corey Kluber once was in, in Cleveland. But he's going to be a very, very dependable starter. And the Rays presumably are going to be good. So he's going to rack up wins. And I, I think Corey Kluber is a guy you look at, you're like, damn, I'm going to ride with him until you know I have reason not to. But I also don't think he's going to give you reason not to. Like if you already have a stacked lineup or pitching staff, he can be a guy that's just like insult the injury for your opponents. I'm a huge believer in Corey Kluber this season. I'm targeting him in every league I can. And based on the numbers, only 37% of leagues he's owned in right now. Chances are he's available in your league. Go get him. Yeah. And one more person I think I wanted to talk about was we already talked about the Brewers-Cubs matchup. I think someone on the other side of that who's worth at least talking about was um, the hot start that uh, Seiya Suzuki had to kick it yes. off. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he had a really exciting weekend, and he's already racked up. Let's see, what did he have? He racked up a seven points in his last game and four in the game before that, which for a guy making his first career start in the major leagues is pretty good. And then he's just slapping out right now. His slugging percentage is a one point three through three the other day, and he's just really getting off to a hot start. So it's pretty impressive. So I'm not really sure which way to take just because I feel like he was picked up, but he's rostered about 92% of leagues. But if for some reason, like, like if you get a good offer for him, then it's worth considering taking because someone might be desperate to reach for like a fourth or fifth outfielder if they don't have it already. Right. Like he had, uh, he had the home run yesterday. So he was one for three with the three run home run. Um, he had three RBIs the game before that. Like he, he's been fine. Like, like uh, that that's underselling it a little bit. Like he's been good, but is he going to keep this up? We don't know it could have just been a really good series against pitching that isn't all the way there yet. Like we talked about the Brewers pitching, not being there yet. Um, so sell high on him. And mm-hmm. like CK was saying, if you get a good offer to, for a formidable, consistent player, sell high on say Suzuki. Like th- there are guys where, you know, you ride the hot hand, but you know, jump ship before that hot hand, you know, cools off mightily. And I'm not saying Suzuki will be bad the rest of the year, but there is reason to believe that it, it might not, it might not uh, continue. Um, all right. One guy, it's not an overreaction because he hasn't pitched yet. Uh, and CK, I don't know if you have one. I, I didn't really set you up well for this, but I want to talk about a dark horse guy, someone that, uh, you know, maybe we haven't seen a lot of hasn't been bad, but hasn't been good, but still someone you should target someone might, that might be available on waivers. And I'm bringing this up specifically for leagues that have designated relief pitcher spots. There are some leagues that just have the generic pitching slots. If you're one of those leagues, you should have only starting pitchers 
you should only have starting pitchers and just rotate start days. But if you do have a designated relief pitcher spot, and I mentioned, um, I, I mentioned this hack last week during our draft special, find the starting pitchers with relief pitching eligibility. And this guy was a huge surprise to basically everyone, but was announced to be the fifth starter in the St. Louis Cardinals rotation. Jordan Hicks is now a starting pitcher and he's coming back from Tommy John. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's stretched out as a starter. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go, but it's a flyer that will cost you nothing right now. So it's really I think interesting too, because he's an absolute flamethrower out of the pen. He is. It, his stuff is disgusting. So the fact that the Cardinals are making him a starter tells me there's something there enough where, you know, they're taking him from that closer of the future role and making him a starter. They made Carlos Martinez, who was once their ace, their opening day starter, they made him into a reliever. So the fact that they're taking Jordan Hicks from a relieving a relief pitcher to a starting pitcher tells me there's something there. And maybe he blows up and you drop him after a starter too. That that's well within the realm of possibility. And he hasn't made his first start yet. I believe his first start won't be till next week. But again, that just goes to my point. He's available right now. He's only rostered in 6.5% of fantasy leagues. And you know, that m- number might not jump up mightily, but for a guy that throws triple digits with absolutely disgusting stuff, being in a rotation on a team that's poised to do well this season. I mean, they were uh, very, very close to topping the Dodgers in the wildcard game last year. I think it's worth the flyer. So that's kind of a dark horse pick. I know I, I, I didn't talk about guys that, you know, have underperformed, but I really like, I think right now is the time to pounce. And I want to focus on guys that you should be targeting. Once we get a week, two weeks, three weeks into the season, I can know more about the guys you should just move on from. Right now, I'm looking for the guys that haven't performed well or are performing well, but no one's ever heard of them. Go get them now. And I think Jordan Hicks is one of those guys. CK, you got one? Uh, There wasn't anyone that I had in particular I was thinking about, but uh, I can say that. Honestly, I'm really surprised about the Jordan Hicks news, but someone that I did see that. If you do have a designated reliever spot and you're looking for someone who's maybe not rostered in a lot of leagues, um, and your kit Ridge of the Rays, like we were talking about, he had a pretty good yep. week and mm-hmm. his his stock gone up a lot and he's rostered in less than half a league. So if you need that last reliever, like someone's gone to the injured list, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. So that's what I go with just for like a quick piece of advice. Yep. Um, last one, and I won't go into super deep detail about him. Uh, Josh Lowe, he was called up. Uh, that was the fallout from the Austin Meadows trade. I'm going back to Tampa with this one. Um, Austin Meadows traded right before the season started. And then they call up Josh Lowe in the corresponding move. That tells me Josh Lowe, they, they view Josh Lowe as ready. He went over to his on opening day, but that second uh, game versus Baltimore, he had a screaming triple and he went two for four. Like the, the numbers, the RBIs, the home runs aren't there yet. He hasn't hit a home run yet this season. But if the Rays are believing in you and he's getting the playing time he is, Again, worth a flyer. He's only rostered in 14% of leagues right now. So that was the focus of today's episode. We're going to, you know, obviously touch on the ads, the drops, the guys to target, the guys to move on from, you know, as we progress throughout the season. But that that was kind of the focus uh, of today's episode. Uh, CK, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, I don't really think so. 
there's just something that I do realize is just when it comes to pitchers in particular, it's kind of hard to keep rotating out because a couple bad starts and you know, it's really bad. Like there's a league where things aren't going so well in your first week. So I guess people just got to remember that you're not always going to win every matchup. Maybe one person goes undefeated. So if you have a bad first week, even with your lineup, like Don't my entire it. lineup, staring at it right now, there's a lot of guys that just keep getting dropped. But the thing you got to do is you just cannot panic if things don't go your well the first couple of weeks. Like it's a long season. By the time September rolls around, your team could be completely different. You could be on a hot streak going to the playoffs. So, I just got to be maybe a weekly reminder. Just don't panic. Yeah. And always look at your team. Like if I'm playing CK this week, right. And I'm, you know, CK is blowing me out through four, four days. I I look at my team compared to the rest of the league. If like, if I'm the third highest scoring team in the league, but I'm going up against CK who might be the high scoring team in the league. doesn't mean my team's bad. Right. You got to, you know, compare yourself to everyone not just who you're playing obviously who you're playing is what matters most you can't get points for what if but don't panic it's funny because this is our overreaction episode but we're telling you not to panic and not to overreact but that's because like we said earlier there are owners and you know fancy owners and players that will overreact and try to move guys for cheap or try to panic and drop people that shouldn't be dropped or all that stuff so something to keep in mind as you're playing fantasy baseball, it's a very long season, but these first couple of weeks can be absolute gold mines on the waiver wire and, you know, possibly trades depending on value. Don't sell guys that have, per, have had perceived high value for cheap. Okay. Let the season play out a little bit more. It's been four games so far. So let the season play out before you make any rash decisions. All right, that, that's pretty much uh, what we wanted to cover this episode. CK, did you have anything else you wanted to cover before uh, we head out? I don't believe I do. Okay. All right, so right now, we are still sticking to one episode a week. That may change. We might opt to do two shorter episodes a week as we get deeper into the season. Um, but we wanted to get that news out to you quickly. A couple of guys to, to go target um, and you know not move on from potentially if you are the owners. Um, but that does it for this episode. We get, again, we appreciate you supporting us on Patreon. Be sure to check out the other shows pitch perfect. Uh, the show with Amanda and Allison just released its first episode today. Uh, Monty has been killing it with the amateur update. That's now, uh, excuse me, a Patreon exclusive show. And Matt Holland will be starting to pick off the gambling show, uh, any day now as well. And we have other stuff in the works, um, as well. So be sure to check out the Patreon if this is a free episode that we will be releasing on the normal podcast platform, but going forward will be a Patreon exclusive show as well. So be sure to check out the Patreon for all your fantasy gambling and just general MLB and college baseball talk show needs. Uh, It's a great time. We have a great time doing it. So be sure to do that. And go follow us on Twitter. You can follow CK at CKNaeem58, myself at Nats Moose, and the show at Half Street High Heat. Again, appreciate you listening. Go check your waiver wire. Check it every day. Check your lineup every day. Stay diligent in fantasy baseball. It's a long season. It's a marathon on a sprint. All right, guys. All right, CK. Until next time, we appreciate you. Say amen. All right, guys. This has been an episode of the Half Street Fantasy Hour. We will catch you later.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.